This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. Well, we now turn to our trusted contributors, as we said, and depression is among the most common mental health issues affecting seniors. If you are a loved one, is taking medication for depression or another mental health concern, you may already know that it can take a number of weeks or even months for improvement and the full effects to be seen. Our trusted contributor, Nayan Patel of the Ontario Pharmacists Association, is here to talk about the medications that are commonly used to treat depression and the pharmacist's role in ensuring that you're getting the right drug at the right dose at the right time to help meet your needs. And uh, it, it's not as simple necessarily as just filling that script that the doctor gave you. Nayan, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. Okay, well, um, let me give the numbers out again because I'm sure people have questions about this and about other pharmaceutical issues. The numbers are 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Nan, uh, first of all, are there different types of depression and are they treated with different types of medication? For sure, there are different types. And Really, to identify which type you have, um, you know, you would have to possibly do a test at your doctor's office. They would uh, ask you a bunch of questions and determine, you know, if you are depressed or not. And I think the important thing to remember is that you have to go to the doctor and you have to recognize that perhaps you are depressed or perhaps that a loved one is depressed and maybe that you can encourage them to seek some help. Uh, That's part of the whole thing when you're depressed is that you you don't want to do anything about it. Quite possibly. You're not motivated. So there's lots of different symptoms. Just be, besides feeling sad or feeling down, um, you know, you could have other symptoms like you could have uh, sleep problems, you could have uh, loss of interest in work or not feeling like going to school or um, skipping a lot of the activities that you might do with friends. Um, so, or you might feel useless or hopeless. So those are some of the things that, you know, aren't normal and that you should probably look into whether you are depressed or not. And it can be physically painful as well, right? Absolutely. You know, you, you, can, you can actually have physical pain that you think is ha- happening from, uh, from uh, something that may be not related to depression, but it could be uh, a, a symptom of being depressed. What are the different types of depression? So there's uh, the major, what we call major um, depression uh, disorder is what we commonly characterize as, as depression. But you can also have seasonal affective disorder. You could have postpartum depression. Um, you can have uh, depression with a psychosis. So there's all sorts of different types, and you know those are just a few of them, but those are the most common ones. Okay. And what are some of uh, the medications that are given for them? So there are quite a few, and um, you know they've changed over over the years as to um, uh, which ones work better. So there's 
I would say the biggest class of medications that we prescribe for people who are experiencing depression are called SSRIs. So they're called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And if I tell you the common name for that, the Prozac would be in that class. And, and I think most people would recognize that name. And how long does it take for that to, to um, take effect, to show improvement? Is it different for everyone? It can be quite different for everyone, but in generally speaking, what we tell people when they first start taking a medication is to make sure that they give it a chance. So I usually tell people that you may not notice any effects from that medication for two weeks, and it might start working better and better, and you might notice the maximum benefits of that medication after about six weeks. Now, that, and that's important for people to know because a lot of people would take it for about a week and say it's not doing anything and they would l- likely stop it. Sometimes we can see that um, that you get s- symptoms that are things like loss of appetite. Those kind of correct fairly quickly. So um, you do see some benefits from it very quickly, but sometimes it takes a while to start working. What about the dosage? How do you know if you're getting the right dose? And this is the tricky part. It's usually about um, starting off on a low dose, and we don't want to give you something too high right off the start. And then afterwards, after a week or two, the doctor can adjust the dose upwards based on how you're feeling. And really what we're looking for is making sure you're not having any side effects from the medications. And then we, we want to get you up to a dose where we know that for your age and, and weight that it is going to work for you. Okay, uh, so you have to be monitored by the doctor pretty closely then. You take it, uh, you're not really expecting anything to happen for two weeks, but if it doesn't happen, start to happen at two weeks, then then likely you're going to get a, a higher dose. And that's typically what we see, yeah. We, we see people starting off at lower doses and then increasing as they tolerate the medication and as, they, as we see that if they need a higher dose. And what percentage of people end up needing a higher dose? Well, it's very common to start off on the low dose. Almost everybody, we try to start off on a low dose and expect that we will increase it. And that's one of the things I tell people when they come to get a prescription is that don't be afraid if the dose does go up. Uh, that is fairly common. And what are some of the side effects? So um, they can be something, very common side effects that we see for a lot of medications. So nausea and vomiting. Um, obviously, I always tell people, probably you're going to have no side effects, but here are the list of side effects that may occur. Um, so trouble sleeping. And it's, it's interesting. Some people have insomnia and some people have drowsiness. And so, like I said, everybody's different. So everyone uh, experiences these symptoms differently. And so if you're, um, if you're having trouble sleeping, then we usually we, we tell people, make sure you take that uh, medication in the morning so it doesn't affect your sleep at night. And if, you have, if it causes drowsiness, then we switch it around and we go the other way. Well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and, and just goes to show you that we're all different people. And uh, so what, what, what works for somebody may not work for someone else. Um, now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that another side effect from these drugs can be, uh, you, you know, um, can hurt your sex life, though you may not be having a great sex life if you're depressed. That's true. So sexual dysfunction is one of the side effects of some of these uh, antidepressants. So if that's a big concern, then we, you know, we, we usually recommend that maybe we can change the, uh, the antidepressant. Perhaps we can lower the dose after some time, and that may help. So it, uh, sometimes it is dose-dependent. 
Okay. Uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Alan Brantford. Hello, Al. How are you doing there today? Fine. You're... I'm just wondering if our friend there could explain the difference. I ran into this with a, with a relative. The difference between the anti-anxiety drugs and the antidepressant drugs and the effects. So um, we do give um, anti-anxiety drugs, and I think you're probably... Um, uh, I'll use a common name. One is called lorazepam or Ativan is the other name for that. And those work fairly quickly, and they work to um, relieve that anxiety. Um, when we're talking about antidepressants, we're really trying to find... Um, uh, we're actually trying to change the brain chemistry. So there are, are uh, chemicals in our brain, and uh, the major one is called serotonin. And if that is low, then we sort of feel um, our mood is low, and our, we feel sad or, or depressed. So um, they work on different chemicals in our brain, and, um, and increasing serotonin can take some time. So that's why those antidepressants work very slowly. Whereas the anxiety medications, you know, you're having a panic attack or you're feeling anxious, you take that medication, and it should work fairly quickly. Al? Okay, thank you. I was just, no, I ran into this with a relative of ours that we, we had to look after the drugs for them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there was a mix-up with the anti-anxiety drug and the antidepressant drugs, and we had to ferret that out. We didn't know the difference. A lot of people don't know the difference. And, and uh, was, was your relative on both those things? Yeah, yeah, both of them. Is that common? So that could be common because a lot of people who um, are depressed can also have anxiety and um, the antidepressants may not take away all of the anxiety. They definitely can help with relieving some anxiety, but if you have a lot, then um, then you might need uh, something like a lorazepam or some one of those PAM drugs. And um, one of the cautions that we always give people is that, you know, you have to use it kind of sparingly because your body can build up a tolerance to uh, those PAM medications. And, um, you know, you don't want to keep increasing your dose. Okay, Al. uh, Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor, Nayan Patel from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and we're talking about depression and the drugs used to treat depression. Nayan, what about other things? We're talking about drugs. What about talk therapy, psychotherapy? Does that work or only in certain cases? I think that it's important to talk about that uh, with with your doctor, with your pharmacist. I think... Talk therapy is so important and I think overlooked by uh, a lot of people. Uh, it can definitely help and, um, and, and definitely should not be ruled out because I, um, I think the medications can work better when you do use talk therapy. And, and the, the main one that people use is called CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. And it just helps you kind of analyze and think about uh, the relationship between your thoughts and your behaviors. And, um, and sometimes you just haven't thought about things in a, in a way. And uh, I think this brings it around and, and you can actually rationalize why you're doing the things that you're doing. That's interesting that the talk therapy can make the drugs work better. Well, see, they're all, they complement each other, I believe. And, and I think that um, just using one thing on its own is, is 
maybe not a good idea. And I use the analogy all the time. I talk about building a house. If you only had a hammer and you told, were told to build a house, it wouldn't be really a good house. But if you can use it, a bunch of different tools, you can do such a, be, a better job. And I think that's the way we really should be uh, treating healthcare: is using all the tools and, and, and um, things that are available to us to help us out. Okay, let's go to Ida in Mississauga. Hello, Ida. Hi. Um, I'm just wondering about tinnitus or tinnitus, mm-hmm. pronounced both ways, I gather. Um, I'm getting mixed messages, and I've, done, I've been on the Internet so much about it, but I'm hearing that tinnitus can be caused by anxiety. I, I happen to be on, <laughs> I don't want to tell you how many meds for that, Mm-hmm. But uh, Advil, um, cold and sinus plus, was recommended to me by a doctor in a clinic. Mm-hmm. And it said, you know, like, be careful if you're taking any head meds. Yeah. Um, let Before we answer that question, and, and Ida, thank you very much for the question, let's just define what tinnitus is because it can drive you nuts. Oh, it yes. So it, it's and a- it's doing very well at doing that. It's a ringing in your ears, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and it actually started off with my ears feeling like they were exploding. Yeah. And I found that if I took um, extra clonazepam, mm-hmm. that it helped. But so, then the exploding stopped, and then I got this ringing. Now I'm getting, the ringing is kind of sporadic, like I'll have a good day and a bad day, and today's a good day, but um, I notice it's sort of bothering my jaw. So let me, let me think, um, let me uh, tell you this, you know, that can be very difficult to treat. The ringing in the ears, um, sometimes we don't know the cause, Uh, there are a few different causes for it. The most common one that we hear of as pharmacists is people who take a lot of aspirin, and that causes the ringing in the ears. Yeah, see, I so don't take any aspirin. A lot of times, um, now, the Advil is in the aspirin family. We don't see it as much with Advil, but if, um, if that's happening, then I definitely would stay away from the aspirin type of medication. So stay away from the Advil and, but I, and the aspirin. But isn't um, Advil ibuprofen as opposed to acetaminophen? So the it's uh, acetyl salicylic acid is aspirin mm-hmm. or ASA mm-hmm. and that's related to the ibuprofen and the Advil um, medications. So oh, really? so that's the first thing I would try. Second, it is it can be sorry, related to I, some kind of uh, anxiety. What I should try getting off of the Advil you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So see if you can switch to Tylenol. And see if that would um, if that would help you with the. Is it pain? You're taking uh, Advil for pain. Um, I'm just taking it because um, the doctor at the clinic said that I'm getting um, a sort of infection. I would guess in the tube in my ear. How long has this been going on for? Um, a couple of weeks. Okay. And have you had the ringing in your ears for a couple of weeks? Yes. Okay. But again, sporadic, like, I guess if you're just sitting alone and you're, you think about it, you notice it. But I notice if I go out and I'm out talking to people and doing shopping, whatever, whatever, I don't even notice it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Keep busy then. <laughs> yeah, keep busy. But yes, yeah, I know. Absolutely. And, and you'll hear lots of people tell us that when it's quiet in the room, that's mm-hmm. when they hear it more. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's just because of, of how your, your body, um, how your ears, you know, hear type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so but I, yes, uh, oh. your question asked to me was, uh, do I feel pain? And I wasn't, I wasn't feeling pain until recently. Okay. I'm going to say the last couple of days and it's kind of going down into the jaw. So maybe I could switch to or should switch to Tylenol 3. You can, you, you can switch to exercise Tylenol, but actually speak to the doctor about um, them looking into the ear problem, right? Because that might be a concern. Okay, okay thank you. thanks. Uh, so that's interesting. You know, uh, to, I know people who've had tinnitus and it's this ringing in your ear and it's terrible it's hard to get rid of so is that related to depression or is it it's probably not related to a depression but um it can make you anxious and i think that's where because you can't get it's hard to get rid of it's hard to understand why it's happening sometimes and so i think that causes a little bit of anxiety so i don't think it's related to depression but um if you're an anxious person then it can kind of uh, exacerbate those symptoms. And what what causes it? Do you know? I don't know. Not the, not sure about the cause, but uh, uh, the one we see most often is people taking too much aspirin and, and resulting. Wow. In that. Okay, that's interesting. And what's too much? Well, that's that's uh, interesting because different for every everybody. So um, you know, a person can take, and a lot of times people take aspirin for like arthritis type symptoms. Yeah. And so they're taking you know um, extra strength uh, acetaminophen. Sorry extra strength aspirin, uh, which is like 650 milligrams, and they're taking it four times a day, and sometimes that does it. And um, you said it's kind of the same family as Advil. I didn't know that. But if you take Advil every day at extra strength Advil, is it, it, can it cause tinnitus? Probably not. And, uh, and if you're one that is doing that, then you'd probably know already. So I would say probably not. And it's not that common. You know, even some people who take aspirin four times a day never have that issue. Okay. So let's get back to uh, the medications for depression. Uh, It's winter. I'm looking outside and yay, there's sunshine today. But we we went through a big patch of gray. And that I would think would exacerbate seasonal affective disorder. It's, It's basically a lack of light. Right. So when we're not exposed to enough light, um, our body doesn't produce uh, as much of this uh, brain chemical. And so we uh, can become depressed, especially in the winter months. One of the treatments for that is uh, light therapy. And you can buy these, they call them SAD lights, and you can buy them in the pharmacy and uh, set them up on your desk uh, and put them on while you work. And it actually does really help. Uh, so that's really a great uh, treatment. You're not taking any medications, and um, it can really change your mood. And do you recommend, should people just come in and, and, and buy this special light, or, or should you consult with a doctor or a pharmacist before you do that? Um, I think um, you, you can definitely come in and, and talk to the pharmacist. They can, you know, run through a few questions and to find out whether it could be effective for you. I don't think there's any harm in using it. Um, we have one in our store, and it's on display. It's on a lot of the time. So I don't think the, uh, the staff really, you know, um, mind it. Uh, I think it helps. Um, so go ahead. You can try and use it. It is. It can be quite costly. I think they do run from 100 to 200 maybe even $300. So um, 
so uh, depending on the brightness, but uh, definitely worth a try if you want. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Glenn in Pickering. Hello, Glenn. Hi, how are you this morning? Fine, how are you? I'm all right. I've dealt with depression, oh my gosh, it's got to be 30 or 40 years, I guess. Wow. And I had it so bad that I would curl up in a fetal position, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went through many different medications. And at the present time, I'm on Paxil and have been for the past 10 or 15 years. Is that still viable? Is that a good it's, choice? It's still it's a fine choice, and especially when you know what's working for you. Yeah, it seems um, to be, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, there are a lot of doctors, and, and I'm of the same uh, uh, thinking, if it's not broke, don't Ex- try to fix Exactly, it. if it's yeah. working. If it's working. Yeah, and, it, oh, yeah, it seems to be. I'm a heck of a lot better than it was 30 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, you're right. It, you know, there's some people, um, it's, all, it's about the brain chemistry. If your brain does not produce enough of, the, of serotonin, then, uh, you know, it's just like a person taking thyroid medicine. If your yeah. thyroid gland doesn't produce enough thyroid hormone, you need to take something. Yeah. And uh, it was mentioned this morning, but it sure screws up your sex life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 77 years old, so maybe that's not causing it. Well, <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's nothing wrong with having a good sex life at 77. That's right. <laughs> and if it is a concern, then that's definitely you should bring, something, bring that up with your doctor. Oh, I have many times. And but what, also, what does know, he or she tell you? Uh, well, I've had also a uh, quadruple bypass, and I think at my age it's a little dangerous for me to take the thing about sex very seriously. <laughs> well. <laughs> I'll lead you into another subject, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, Glenn. We're glad to hear that... that you know, this medication has been working for you for so long. What, what is the next drug uh, up from Paxil? Would it be Prozac? Well, uh, Paxil and Prozac are both in the same family. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, I mean, if you're, there was an issue and they wanted to change um, your, your treatment, right. um, you know, they can try a different class of medications. So there's one called yeah. SSNRI. Um, um, and so... That might be an option, too, yeah. something like well, effects. As you say, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, folks. Thanks, Glenn. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we're heading into the home stretch. I think we're going to have time for one more call, uh, but that's interesting. Um, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Once you get to a medication that's working for you, then uh, stick to it. Maybe you don't need the new stuff. Yeah, the new stuff is sometimes not better, and so um, and why experiment if if something's working for you? Okay, though he did say he had you know uh, it's not good for his sex life. That might be a reason to experiment with something else. And and that would be a choice that you know you'd have to make for yourself. So if you wanted to, if that was really um, a problem that you wanted to address with your doctor, then then you know you can make that uh, call and, and ask the doctor to to find something that might work better for you. Okay, we're uh, heading into our uh, last few seconds here, Nan. What would you like to leave us with? Well, I think the the main thing is that if you have a, a loved one or you yourself are um, uh, think you might be depressed. Uh, don't be afraid to seek help and 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 uh, and get and see the doctor. Um, I think a lot of times we don't understand. And if you've never experienced depression, then you might not. You might think that you know what? It's just because 
I'm choosing not to be in a good mood or I'm choosing to be sad. And a lot of times it's not. And if it uh, keeps going, then, you know, definitely you should seek some help. Okay. And uh, while you're going through the help and, and getting your medication, talk to your pharmacist. They can help you understand what's happening. Nayan Patel, trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.